Entrepreneur on Fire 971. Going from the why me to why not me is an important switch you need to make to be an entrepreneur. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. The Fire Nation newsletter is the bomb, and to get on it, all you need to do is text EO Fire to 33444. Get inside my head weekly and ignite. Looking for a website host that provides 24-7 live support, one-click WordPress installs, and an easy website builder? Visit hostcater.com slash fire and the number 30 for a 30% discount today. Ready to add a professional ring to your business? Go to evoice.com slash fire for your special extended 60-day free trial. Fire Nation, this is a special offer for our listeners, so visit evoice.com slash fire today. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? Jolly Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Edwin Havens. Ed, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely, John. Yes. Very much. Ed is the founder of Crowded.co, the first branded marketplace for crowdfunded projects after their initial campaign ends. Once an attorney in New Jersey, he made his way to Los Angeles and then San Francisco in order to fulfill his entrepreneurial journey. Ed, take a minute, fill in any blanks from the intro, and then give us a little glimpse in your personal life. Yes, John. I was a former attorney and <laughs> gladly left that profession. Mm-hmm. I moved to Los Angeles about eight years ago to really uh, obliterate that career path and through many adventures got myself up to San Francisco and to the, the process of founding Crowded. Give us a little glimpse in your personal life. Something that relates to the mission and the inspiration for Crowded and is quintessential to my background is I am adopted from Bogota, Colombia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Grew up in New Jersey, amazing parents, yada, yada. And, but it definitely, you know, that's something that uh, speaks to adopted kids. And, you know, it's a sort of a invisible minority, I guess you could call us. And became a lawyer, didn't like that, but, you know, it was cool. It was a learning experience, definitely helpful in a lot of areas now. And like you, I moved into real estate for a time. It's a, normal transition for attorneys. Yep. (laughs) And have done a few things on my own randomly otherwise, but at some point I realized I really wanted to get into the startup scene, moved up to San Francisco. And shortly after that is when I had that moment of inspiration for Crowded. So someone walks up to you at a San Fran networking party and they say, Ed, what do you do? What's your 10 second answer? I'm the founder of Crowded, which is a platform that connects crowdfunded product creators and consumers. And the, the platform is designed specifically and exclusively for previously crowdfunded products. Dialed in. Love it. So Ed, we just heard kind of a very overview of your life journey and a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey as well. But what I want to talk about is your entrepreneurial origin story of what you're doing right now. So don't take us way back in the day. We're going to go back to some stories in a minute here. But how did you get into what you're doing right now? Take us to that pivotal moment right there of of when you first dove in. 
I had uh, read an interview with Travis Barker. I don't know if you know him by name, but he is the drummer for Blink-182. And he was interviewed a long time ago, and they asked if he regretted or why he chose to get so many tattoos in such obvious places. And his response was that he he did that so it would force him into a position that the only thing he could do in life was succeed as an artist. And uh, from that philosophy is sort of what I've done I knew staying an attorney in Jersey, I would probably have a comfortable life by now, but I didn't want that. I wanted to play my hand. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I slowly put myself, for better or for worse, into more and more difficult positions financially <laughs> and otherwise. Um, but that did force me into the reality that since I didn't have many options that were more traditional and my resume was Swiss cheese at some point, that creating my own path was more and more plausible. And, you know, that got me to a, a place where being an entrepreneur was almost a necessity, really, but obviously something I wanted to do in the long run. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, Fire Nation, painting ourselves into a corner isn't a bad thing. And that's just a reality for all different niches and really focuses in this journey that we're on right now. And, you know, something that comes to mind when you were talking, Ed, was a badger. You know, a badger can just be kind of plodding along and it's pretty harmless for, for the most part. But you put that badger into a corner, all of a sudden it is a dangerous, vicious animal that's capable of a lot. And that can be an entrepreneur too. I mean, Ed, the biggest enemy of great is good. And you would have been good. You would have been a good lawyer. You would have led a good life, a comfortable life. But that's the biggest enemy of great. And now you've given yourself the opportunity to fail greatly, but also to succeed greatly by doing what you've done. So pretty inspiring, Fire Nation. Not a bad thing, painting yourself in a corner. And Ed, right now, today, how are you currently generating revenue? Crowded.co is an e-commerce platform, and it's a pretty simple model compared to a lot of the tech startups that are out there, but we just you know take a portion of the sales revenue that we generate per transaction. So give me an example of what that would look like and you know potential hypothetical but realistic scenario. If you go there, you know our product portfolio is growing right now. One of the products that a lot of people like is the spin chill. It's something that was created by a couple engineering students in their early 20s at the University of Florida, I believe, if I remember correctly. And it takes a warm beer and applies uh, convection, but in a chilling process rather than a heating process like we are more familiar with. And you have a cold beer from room temperature in about a, in one minute. Wow. It's a simple thing. It's battery powered. You just pop it on your beer. You can do a bottle of wine and a bottle of beer as well. But, you know, it's just a neat little thing. It's 30 bucks and, you know, we get a portion of that. I love that idea. It makes a lot of sense that the Florida Gators came up with that because uh, quite the party <laughs> school from what I've heard for sure. Indeed, yes. <laughs> so Ed, now I do want to talk specifically about your entrepreneurial journey, that chunk of your life where you've been on a roller coaster like we all have, the ups, the downs, the in the middles. What is your worst moment of all of these moments that you've been living as an entrepreneur? Take us there. Tell us that story. Get specific. Okay, this is a, this is a really good one, um, and I'm glad you asked it first because I'm yeah. more happy to hit the positive later. But it is pretty amazing and sort of scary. So I moved to Los Angeles about eight years ago. I 
had been a lawyer in the past, but I had always been an employee and that employee mindset, you just sort of accept things. I think it's a different way of looking at the world. Anyway, I moved to LA. I had a lot of hopes, you know, very positive attitude, but you know, not everything always goes positively. I was meeting different people, looking through different avenues to try and find an opportunity for myself. When I came across a gentleman, we met, we sat down. He was uh, older, probably in his mid-50s at the time, entrepreneurial past, or so he said. Mm -hmm. And I think it definitely was. And he was a charismatic guy. He had money in his pocket. And I'm going to say his name was Jack Jacobson. Okay. I'm, I'm actually changing his name for good reason. Um, I'm literally a little scared of him, but <laughs> he seemed to speak as if my skills were important and, you know, I felt they're important. So he was just playing into my weaknesses, but what he probably needed was a little bit of gullibility. I don't know if you ever saw rounders with Matt Damon, oh, but favorite movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. And that point where I'm sure, you know, when he's saying, you know, if you haven't spotted the sucker within your first five minutes, at the you're table, the sucker. Then you are the sucker. Yes. <laughs> I could quote that movie whenever I play Texas Hold'em. It's the movie that I have to watch first. Yeah. Okay, you know the deal. But I hadn't learned that lesson yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we set up a business. We got things rolling. Um, his behavior is a little bit, you know. Erratic. Erratic. And, you know, we're going forward. Things are moving along. Definitely not perfect, but they're moving along. And uh, his right-hand person She's seeing some different documents with a name on them, and she realized that although he goes by Jack Jacobson, I'm saying, some of the stuff said initials A.J. Jacobson. And then in time, we realized his first name was, say, Adam Jacobson. And I was like, oh, that's a little weird. Yeah. Um, you know, always going by your middle name. and little red flag, but yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm already stuck in it a little bit, so I'm like, okay, you know, head in the sand to some extent. <laughs> And at some point, we found out this right-hand person did a little bit more research. She emailed me on my personal email, bad sign. She said, you know, research, Google Adam Jacobson and go to like the third page and, you know, you'll find something. So I did it, pit in my stomach. I know it's going to be bad. And literally what I found was a a federal... Uh, appellate court uh, decision that uh, spoke of essentially the fact that this gentleman, truly Adam Jacobson, had been in federal prison for international narcotics trafficking in what? the early in the early eighties. Yeah, I, I, I'm serious. So, and it wasn't like he had a pound of something. It was the facts of this were literally. Good sized plane, multiple people, machine guns, and thousands of pounds of an illegal narcotic. Oh. So he ends up in the federal pen, and because he's sort of a sociopathic genius, a couple years later, the document I'm reading was actually after he became self educated jailhouse lawyer, gets the federal ruling overturned on illegal search and seizure grounds, representing himself in federal court. Oh, my goodness. So, um, I read it and it basically kept me up nights for the next six months as I slowly and painfully extracted myself from the arrangement. And that was 
by far the worst entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial moment of my career. Yeah, I can feel that. I mean, I really have that pit in my stomach too right now. I'm having a little anxiety wave. And for me, the big lesson here is due diligence. Now, we can never do perfect due diligence, but the reality is, is that when we are going to enter a partnership, you know, we are going to be putting our lives and intertwining them with someone else. You have to do what you can, Fire Nation, to really do that due diligence to make sure that this is a marriage, a business marriage that you want to get into. And of course, there's still going to be things that slip through the cracks. I mean, it was a different name that Edmund was dealing with, so there's no perfect solution here. But Ed, what do you really want Fire Nation to absorb as the single biggest takeaway that you, looking back hindsight, have? Definitely due diligence, but really that realization that you know, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be sort of unusually optimistic. But then to be successful as an entrepreneur, you have to prepare for the worst and expect you know, larger pitfalls to arise that will affect you in a, in a much greater way than if you're an employee. So, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst for an entrepreneur, I think has to be even amplified in your practices. Ed, thanks for sharing that. And that was quite a story. And, you know, these are the type of things that potentially save our listeners from disasters, which is why I love going into them. And I always appreciate them when our guests share with such detail and open honesty. But let's do a shift now into a more fun topic, which is an aha moment, a light bulb moment. And you've had a ton but which is the one that you think is going to resonate most with our listeners? What story really is a great one that you want to share with Fire Nation today? Uh, for me, it is when I conceived of Crowded. Um, but to start with, I read an article a long time ago about great inventors, and they spoke of really their success had more to do with understanding the timing of the introduction of their invention into society. So what I took from that a long time ago is that there's a difference between a great idea, a great idea you can pull off, and a great idea that you can pull off and society is ready to receive. You know, being able to categorize your ideas, as entrepreneurs have millions of, into a few different buckets and knowing the right bucket, that allows you, I believe, more confidence in the right ideas and the confidence to go out and pull the trigger on those ideas and to stick with them, you know, when the times are tough in the beginning. So to that end, crowded was something that I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but when I moved to San Francisco in about April of 2014, I, you know, I put myself in sort of a painted corner like I've done before but I had really, really done a lot of reading on the crowdfunding movement. I spent a lot of time on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, yada, yada. And in light of my own parallels to this thing I was taking an interest in, this crowdfunding, at some point I sat back and I said, wait, there's all these amazing products, but they're on these campaign platforms, so they only have this 30-day approximate lifespan on these platforms. Like, where do they go? What happens to them? And that was my moment where I realized they're sort of ignored. It's a unique class of products. They have a unique DNA imprinted upon them from this new paradigm shift in pro the pipeline of product development. But then 
after the campaign platform, they have to just shoehorn themselves into the traditional distribution channels of retail. There's nothing designed for them. But the initial pipeline, the initial birthing of them through crowdfunding is designed for them. So I realize there should be something designed for them for the next phase of their life. So uh, that moment sitting there with my laptop and, you know, looking over ideas, trying to make money however I could and do whatever I do, seeing that light bulb come up is what, uh, and being able to put that inspiration and that idea into the right bucket and know and trust that that was an idea that was ready. The market was ready for it. I could pull it off and it was a good idea. That was a huge moment for me. So what I really kind of want to do is just take about a minute right now, because I do just want to move into your first action from this point, because you know we do have these aha moments, but few people really know what to do from that point. So what did you actually do in a nutshell to go from epiphany to actual reality in a short period of time? Great question. And that is what everyone needs. I agree with you. Knowing that first step, second step, you know, it's, it's just difficult. So for me and crowded, if I remember correctly, I just started learning everything I could. And I sought out a couple people who had gone through crowdfunding campaigns. I just tried, and I, before I even spoke to them, I just did a lot of research. I looked for popular crowdfunded items in the past, and I tried to find them online, see where they were selling now, if they had gotten big, if they had gotten a lot of press. Mm-hmm. And some of the unicorns, the the Pebble Watches and the Coolest and things like that, you know, they're going to be okay, of course, but only a few crowdfunded campaigns succeed, and then a very small percentage of those can turn that single product success on a crowdfunding platform into a viable ongoing business. And doing the research around these products and that evolution of them is when I realized that my idea, which I thought was good, actually had some evidence that there is a need for some supportive environment, some exclusive shelf space, so to speak, for these products, you know, after the campaign platforms are done. Um, But it really took the research, basically. It's all about just pushing up those sleeves and just digging in Fire Nation, doing the research, making the calls, you know, reaching out to these companies and saying, you know, hey, like, what's up? Like, what's been your success from day 30 to 60? You know, day 30 to 120? Like, what's been going on in your life? What's been good? What's been bad? What have you been lacking? You know, I'm looking to create a platform, a product, a service for you to assist you in this area. So any feedback you have could really come back and benefit you in, in, in the long run as well. So great stuff, Ed. Thanks for breaking that down for us. Let's hit the fire round real quick. This is just three questions. Take about 30 seconds. The first one being, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? Scotch, definitely. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Oban 14 or Johnny Walker Red? I, <laughs> I usually go with the Glenlivet, but... Uh, Got it. It happens to be right now, since I'm still essentially a one-man show, you have to wear so many hats when you're starting something, and those hats you know, come into your life uh, at different times, and you get used to one hat, and you get better at this one chore and this one task, and it becomes easier and quicker. And then all of a sudden, you realize there's a new chore that you're going to have to do continuously that's getting piled on. And I do have a tendency to 
avoid wearing that new hat when I know this old hat is more comfortable. Um, so I procrastinate, but in a, I guess a, um, a pointed way of just avoiding doing new tasks that I know I have to get started. What's your biggest strength? Biggest strength in this situation now for me is that I'm pretty much all in, you know, in my mind, crowded is such a part of you know, the essence of my being that there isn't really a differentiation there. So I don't really see failure or giving up as an option. You know, I, like in boxing, if you've never been knocked down, that's a distinct psychological advantage to when you're up against a fighter who has been knocked down and you don't want to get knocked down, but knowing that experience, you're just more familiar with it. You might, your knees might buckle a little quicker. It's just a, having that experience gives you the slightly increased chance of accepting that experience again. So for me uh, right now, my strength is just the fact that uh, giving up is not really an option. Yeah. Perseverance, baby. What's the one thing that has you most fired up above everything else right now? As crowded is beginning to uh, grow and the, the boulder is starting to roll downhill a bit, there's a little bit of a pivot happening that's excited, uh, exciting for me. Where at first we were purely an e-commerce platform and as simple, we take some money from the sales and yada, yada. What we're doing now is creating more partnerships with other businesses that are in the market to help crowdfunded product creators. So in the structure of it all, basically, we're bringing crowdfunded product creators onto our platform, but we're making it it more appealing for them to come on by offering deals with other third-party sort of vendors who are offered discounts to them. So I'm giving qualified leads to these other partners. I'm bringing more products onto Crowded. And then the product creators are learning of more ways to be successful outside of the Crowded platform. So it's a win-win-win, I believe. I love that. And it really can happen in every vertical and in every industry. The co-mingling of audiences, the exchanging of leads and ideas, we can all really work to buoy each other. All ships rise in a high tide, Fire Nation. So look to help others in your industry, in your vertical, in your niche rise. And Ed, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's a lot to be said of the internet and its ability to help us connect. You can build anything from relationships to entire businesses with the click of a button. But there are times when online communication can't beat hearing someone's voice over the phone. The personal connection, the trust, and the peace of mind that comes with it is irreplaceable. That's why I use eVoice for my business. By helping me expertly manage all of my business calls, eVoice provides me with a better way to connect with clients and business partners. With a toll-free number, professional voice greeting, in a dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into my business phone. So no matter where I am, I always have the ability to connect. Want to try it for yourself? Go to evoice.com slash fire for your special extended 60-day free trial. Fire Nation, this is a special offer for you. So visit evoice.com slash fire today. That's evoice.com slash fire. 
It's one thing to get prospects to your website, but it's quite another to give them great user experience and engage them so they'll stick around. You might find yourself wondering how it all works, ranking in organic search results, designing your site so that it represents your brand, which theme is the best? How do I optimize my site so I'm not missing out on turning my prospects into leads? Good news. You don't have to spend hours of your own time searching 10 different places for answers to these questions and resources that can help. Because when you host with HostGator, they offer all of this in one place. Everything from 24-7 live support to one-click WordPress installs, an easy-to-use website builder, or a design professional you can hire to do the work for you, plus marketing services. Yes, all in one place. Visit HostGator.com slash Fire30 for a 30% discount today. That's HostGator.com slash Fire in the number 30. Ed. Are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Absolutely. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? That's really, I think that's one of my favorite questions you ask. Oh, cool. And I don't know if people will give it the respect it deserves. Uh, for me, I, so during college, when my friends were waiting tables and having a whole lot of fun, I was hanging up flyers, you know, sort of before internet hanging up flyers in grocery stores to get clients for car detailing and landscaping. And I was, you know, getting these clients and throwing a lawnmower into the back of my Hyundai Sonata in the trunk with the, like, you know, the big lawnmower sticking out and uh, driving around my hometown <laughs> and area mowing lawns and, and, and grinding out car detailing. And I did that for a few summers. I had repeat clients. I had a, you know, arguably a small business. Yeah. But the funny thing is I never really said to myself as a result of these you know, little businesses that I was an entrepreneur. It just never occurred to me that I was, I was being an entrepreneur. But I was talking to an old friend the other day in – we were talking about sort of what I'm doing now in Crowded. And he said, you know, it sort of makes sense that you're in this direction now because you were always sort of doing your own thing back then. And until that moment, I never really thought of that time period as being entrepreneurial. I just didn't. I have no idea why. But I guess to answer the question, um, I don't think there was anything holding me back. But on some level, maybe it's a li linguistic issue. But you can usually find some point in your past, I believe, that that can give you a kernel of hope to rely upon that can give you direction on where you actually want to go in life. If you want to be an entrepreneur – I guarantee you somewhere in your past, you've done something that is sort of independent. You've been a lone wolf at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, there wasn't really anything holding me back except for more of a, uh, a more candid and objective look at my own past, which gave me more confidence to move forward. And what's the best advice you've ever received? If you have a backup plan, you'll use it. Paint yourself in a corner, Fire Nation. <laughs> yes. What is a personal habit that you believe contributes to your success? I wasn't always like this, but I've grown to be able to delay gratification further and further. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that ability to delay gratification is one of the most important indicators of future success. So huge. There's been legit studies about that with kids that had to delay gratification, or if they did delay gratification, they were followed. Only 5 or 10% did. Yeah, those, the marshmallow one. The marshmallow experience. Yeah. Those kids that could delay for just 20 minutes eating that one marshmallow with the promise that they were going to get rewarded with a second one or more, those kids, just the 5 to 10% that could do it, 
massive success down the line. So I love that delayed gratification. Yes. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you can share with our listeners? I love Grasshopper, the cloud phone service. It's at grasshopper.com. It's not VoIP, so the quality is better, and it's much cheaper than getting a, a new like you know, cell line or landline. Cool. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? This is something I was excited to share. Uh, I think business books are great. You know, I've read a bunch. Uh, but for me, I guess I'm speaking to people who maybe aren't entrepreneurs yet or you know, need that paradigm mind shift change to be able to really handle the weather of the storm of being an entrepreneur. Uh, for me, that paradigm shift in my mind came from a book called Propaganda, The Formation of Men's Attitudes. Uh, that's by Jacques Alul. It's the book itself is a look at uh, propaganda today from sort of a sociological and psychological perspective. So it's not really for everyone. I, I imagine some of the listeners, even just hearing the word propaganda, might rub them the wrong way. But uh, it's the kind of book that pulled the wool from my eyes when I was a little younger. And what it taught me was, uh, you know, what we're taught, but even more importantly, like how we are taught just instills in us this sort of employee mentality to be an acceptor, you know, to accept rules and boxes and cubicles. And I think you need a book, you need something, you have some moment to switch your mindset from how could that greatness happen to me to something more like, why can't I make that greatness happen for me? You know, mm. going from the why me to why not me is an important switch you need to make to be an entrepreneur. Well, Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Ed, this next question is the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? So for me, I would try and meet a successful entrepreneur, get an intern, get a free internship with any sort of company. I would live off the $500, you know, gas station, tuna fish sandwiches and all. Well, your food and shelter is taken care of. Oh, you're right. I apologize. So anyway, I would have more money to, for scotch. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, we're not including alcohol in this. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> so you have to buy your own scotch. So Very we're going to nice. keep it at Johnny Walker Red. Okay, fair enough. Um, but I would get an unpaid internship, do whatever I could, and look for the holes in that business. Any successful business has some sort of oh, hole. Yeah. And then I would figure out a business plan to fill that hole and try and make my current employer my first client. Ed, let's end it today on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. Sounds good. Uh, parting goddess, guidance from Morpheus. I would say there's a difference <laughs> between knowing the path and walking the path. And if you want to be an entrepreneur and succeed, you really have to find those people who have walked the path because they're less critical and more supportive. They're not naysayers. You know, if you find the people that have done it, hang out with them. The best way to connect with me, obviously, I would love anyone to go to crowded.co. That's C-R-O-W-D-I-D.co. 
And anyone who does go there and purchase anything, and from Fire Nation, if you use the coupon EO Fire, you'll get 5% off your whole order. Um, that's not a huge discount, but within our business model, that's actually a lot of our revenue. So, you know, I definitely love to see anyone there pick anything up. There's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we're on Twitter at Crowded Store, which goes the same for Facebook. And then also, if anyone does want to email me for any reason, please feel free to email me at ed at crowded.co. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with Ed and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com and just type Ed, E-D, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. And again, you can go directly to crowded.co and if you use eofire, that's 5% off. Ed's cutting into you know the slim profit margins there, so thank you for that. And of course, everything that we talked about today, the book, the resource, all this greatness is going to be on that show notes page. And Ed, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, my friends, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much, John. It was really, it meant a lot and it was a pleasure. Fire Nation, we're freelancers, entrepreneurs, and self-employed. If you make your money in lump sums or seasonally, like most independents, you'll hit a snag when trying to get a mortgage. Why? Big banks see your uneven income as a risk. Well, there's a new lender in town called Privio, and they've built a business to help you. Privio likes your entrepreneurial streak and gets the way that you make money. Apply online at privio.com slash podcast. You'll have a decision in hours. That's privio.com slash podcast. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on Entrepreneur on Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, as well as killer resources, gifts, and so much more. Ready to rock your own webinar? Text webinar course to 33444. That's webinar course, all one word, no spaces, to 33444. And you'll be rocking our free 10 day webinar course like a champ. Have an inspired day and ignite.